podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Koshak goes down, penalty to pass with an old dropper. Barros tripped by Thomas Koshak, who sent off Lantari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores for Pompey. They lead an old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag sneak down, Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. Marquez! Marquez! He's won it! 96 minutes on the clock. Pass with a heading back to Wembley. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening from. Welcome to Three Lads in the Pub, episode 13. We were all surprised that we're on episode 13, because I was adamant it was 11. Uh, but it shows how far we've come. 13 weeks, and we're still going strong. Thank you for listening. And this evening, we are down at the Artillery Arms once again. At the pool table, is in full swing. Uh, behind us, a match going on, and we are here with our beers. Jeff, good evening. What have you gone for? I'm on the uh, Moretti tonight, mate. Yes. Uh, Mr. Stillwell, that looks... Different. It is. It's a pint of comfortably numb. Um, what did it say about the tap? Was it Pink Floyd? Was, it, was that what? Is that what? It's, is that what it is? Uh, the writing looks similar to the uh, comfortably uh, numb artwork from the Pink Floyd album. That's, okay, that's where the inspiration is. And I asked you to get me something different, and you come back with a record link. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, you said surprise you, but I thought it's a waste of four pound fifty to get you a, you know, a pale ale that you wouldn't drink. I probably would have drunk it, but I, uh, I would have put a brave face on. Uh, but yeah, here we are again, uh, and po- people are probably, Jeff, uh, going to tune in and think, oh, they're just going to moan for this whole hour or whatever it is we're on for. I think, we're, if we're all honest, we'll probably have a bit of a moan about Tuesday, because that was, I, I mean, I came away feeling just like, this is us now, this is what we are. But Saturday, you've got to give us some credit, but we'll start with Tuesday, let's moan first, get that out of the way. Yeah, Charlton you know- home. On the Monday, sorry. On, 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 on the Monday, yeah, you know, it wasn't the greatest spectacle, was it? And and you know you're in trouble when a Charlton player saunters past Marlon Romeo and Romeo is sprinting at full pelt and it just looks like he's in reverse and he's just jogging along where actually he's going full pelt. And you know, that, that left back, Charlton's left back, left wing back, he just he went on this mazy run, but it wasn't the first time. They just seemed to dissect us apart and they had power, pace, you know, and, and athleticism in that team and we just couldn't cope with it. We, we we really couldn't. We looked devoid of ideas. Um, yeah, it, you could almost say it's a blip, but we've had too many of those this season, so it wasn't a blip. And like, like you rightly said there, Liam, you know, a lot of fans left Monday night thinking this is us. I put I put a poll out, um, and we'll talk about it in a minute. And and I think a lot of fans' opinions changed on Monday night to where expectation and reality have now hit each other. What you guys have been saying for the last few weeks. Well, I'm not going to say we told you so, but, <laughs> you know, we, 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 you know, yes, we've been called a number of things by, by stating I said 8, Ryan said 9 through to 12. That was our that was our perception at the beginning of the season, and and I've seen nothing up until up until yesterday. I've seen nothing to change that that perception of where we would finish. It was a poor showing Monday. I think everyone everyone recognises that the Cowleys recognise that the board recognise that the players recognise that, and and we will talk about the Oxford game in depth after this. But Saturday was the. What's the change? We said last night on our Twitter space, you know, there are defining moments in games and defining moments in seasons. Is yesterday the moment? Is it the that, crew game? Yeah. Is, is yesterday's moment the, the, the defining, like, we've got one last shot at this. This is our last, you know, last bullet in the revolver type thing. And, we, and we've, that's, that, as Ryan said yesterday, that's the benchmark. If, if you can do that with 10 men, you can certainly do that with 11, and you'll win more games than, than you will lose. There you go. And, and going back to Monday, I keep saying Tuesday, going back to Monday, Ryan, I mean, I said it off mic, Charlton weren't, were nothing special in my eyes. I mean, they were, they were handed an awful decision. He was about 10 miles offside. It was clearly obvious uh, that their player was offside, but they, they weren't great, but we just, we just looked miles behind them, didn't we? 
We did look miles behind them in terms of the reaction to the goal. I thought the opening half hour in itself, it was quite an even contest. We gave the ball away, but also got to the final third of Charlton's with, I'd say, equal frequency. We had a number of shots that we didn't convert to shots on target, but we got ourselves into quite a few good attacking opportunities in that opening third of the game. And I'd say the amusing aspect of that game for me was uh, I was sat with my family in the Fratton end and I was sat next to my brother and in the 28th minute I said to him I'm not feeling great about this and he said why, why is that we're, we're not doing badly I was like I know we're not doing badly but I went to the Sunderland game and we started well for half an hour I went to the Milton Keynes game and we started well for half an hour uh, I went and I think there was another game this season where we've done exactly the same thing and gone 1-0 down or in 2022 and gone 1-0 down after half an hour through our own mistake I said I know what's coming we're, we're going to neutralise a average to decent start with an error that error being allowing the ball to come in far too much time on the right hand side yes it's offside by a mile from an EK but you've got to do more from the initial point to block that ball out and sure enough almost exactly on the half hour mark it was officially the 31st minute that Connor Washington, uh, Connor Washington put it into the net but once again a fairly okay promising good showing from Pompey pocked Mark with a couple of possession losses and Charlton have the lead all of a sudden they're, they're bursting right through our ranks, our midfield disappears they have a couple of pot shots from range which drift just over the bar, just wide of the post. And you're thinking, okay, we're probably going to wait until the 75th minute or so before we decide to actually puff our chests out and get back into the game. The question is, are we 1-0 down or are we 2-0 down by then? Truth of it is, we were 2-0 down by then, such as we were in the Milton Keynes game. And in the, in the matter of the Sunling game, we didn't get the goal to pull us back into the game and get a point. Once again, we come alive at the death. Michael Jacobs comes on, teams up with Ronan Curtis. The Michael Jacobs, the creator, versus Ronan Curtis, the I will not down tools for love nor money. And they, they prove to be the influential force towards the end of that game. And obviously we'll get onto the Oxford game in a minute. Uh, they, they were so close to being the deciding force in that game. But Tuesday... You could copy-paste it from so many showings that we've had in 2022 and Monday. throughout this season. <laughs> Monday. Do you know what? It's, it's ridiculous. You, you play under the lights at 7.45. You, you naturally assume it's a Tuesday. Uh, but Monday's game, you could copy-paste from, uh, from the Milton Keynes game. You could copy-paste from the Sunderland game. And... It's it's bad when you're getting to the stage where you are able to essentially call that out for happening. Uh, I think the other game I'm referring to is Cambridge away in the Year 4 Trophy. Slightly different nature. We had a different set of players playing out. But uh, again, a, a middling start was negated. Very Yes, in the second half. But once again, you know, Cambridge were able to, to play us out of the game. And we get into it far too late. Again, it's Jacobs like 10 minutes to go in that game to pull us back in. We, we have to arrive in the game and remain present in the game through adversity. And that's why Oxford, which I guess we'll probably move on to now. I just want to ask actually, Jeff one more question before we do that, but carry on. Sorry. Uh, I was good, you know, ju just as a preview for our preview for our Oxford review, Oxford's probably my, weirdly, my favourite showing of the season. Mm. Uh, and I'll contextualise that in a bit, but. Yeah, Jeff's just sending a text, so if you can speak for another half an hour, uh, we'll <laughs> He texts like my dad. <laughs> it's the it's the index. So most people, you know, if you if you pick up your phone right now, people listening, you know, when you text, you normally got the phone resting on the palm of your hand, and your thumb does the typing, or you've got it with both palms in the hand and both thumbs typing. Jeff's the type who has the phone in one hand, and he's got the index finger of the other hand. What have you written down, Dad? <laughs> I, I was actually he's working got the, out. He's I was got, working out the percentages and people of the of the Twitter poll yesterday. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, my question for you, Jeff, and it's not really a question; it's a, it's an observation. Mm. I think it was abundantly clear after that Charlton game we have no midfield. I mean, it was it was, a, it was uh, yeah. obvious anyway, but that just it, I think it, everyone realised from that point from that game we have no midfield. I, I put a tweet out on Monday night saying, if only we'd signed a centre midfield player. It, you know, well, it was actually before the game. Williams got injured and we, you know, we wish Williams all the best in, in, in his recovery. Um, 
there was no time to sign another central midfield player that night. We, we then go into yesterday's game with a 70 minute, 75 minute fit Louis Thompson. Morel gets sent off. You then, your other central midfielder is Ryan Tudicliffe. He's probably got 60 minutes in him at the moment. Obviously, with Morel sending off, you're going into to Tuesday's game with two midfield, senior midfield players on the books. Um, who can only last 60 to 75 minutes each of them. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Jewett-White has been called back uh, and, and he would most certainly be on the bench on Tuesday, I would imagine. But, you know, this is Danny Cowley. He, he may bring us surprise. I, I, actually, I actually joked yesterday and thought that if um, Romeo was fit, Romeo would play in midfield. But now with the injury to Kieran Freeman on Saturday, that puts that position in doubt as well. Three. How many players have we One, four. Is it four? Three. No, four players out now. Potentially. 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 The worrying truth is that there are more people on this podcast than there are people to play in midfield for Pompey on Tuesday. We don't have three lads in midfield, but we do have three lads in a pub. Let's let's not. Let's try and not because we've we've been on for ten minutes and and like I said, people will probably think, oh, they're just going to moan. <clears throat> I think we the the team deserves nothing and and the management deserves nothing but praise for for yesterday. How you, how you can say that after we lost three two, but you can on this occasion. I think there was plenty of positives to take out of that. One being for me uh, watching highlights and stuff back. I thought Thompson was brilliant. You know, Ryan and I were both there yesterday, and and to a man that the, the the ten on the field, um, and even even up until Morel got sent off, I thought we. <sighs> We, we were a bit slack in our set-piece defending. And and I will just get this negative out, because there is one negative, but this is a negative that has been a negative for the last four or five games. You do not put your probably, arguably, the best header of a ball in League One as a zonal defender when defending corners. You have got to get in man-marking. You do not have Sean Raggett. I was say, is that Ryan's I, best mate? Do you know what? <laughs> you, you do not have Sean Raggett marking space in the six-yard box. You want Sean Raggett up against their biggest player who's going to be the, the, the biggest threat. I've you just know. got a major flashback. And, and, uh, and you know, Hayden Carter for the first goal, he, he switches off. The, their player steals in, heads it in. Did you hear that? That was absolutely magnificent, by the way. <laughs> That's the best belt we've ever heard on the podcast. Um, that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so for me, it's, it's, it, the problem with our set pieces where we're conceding at the moment is akin to, to Leicester in the Premiership when, when they do the, the zonal marking and they have the same issue. You know, because teams are just going to go, Raggett's their zonal marking. We're not going to put the ball in that area. We're going to put the ball further out to the penalty spot or the edge of the 18-yard box. Keep it away from Raggett. We know how, how good he is in the air. So so for me, you put Sean Raggett in there, man marking, and, and trying to win that first header. That's the only negative for me from yesterday. But that's a negative from the last five games. Happy talk. Even longer than that, actually, because the flashback I got was going back to October when we lost 4-1 to Rotherham. Rotherham were playing a 4-3-3 that day. Their only main central forward was Michael Smith. Now, we went with a back three that day of uh, Ogilvy, Raggett and Freeman. Now, realistically, if you've only got one central forward there, really, you can you can afford Raggett to go and man Mark Smith. Wherever he goes for the entire day, you tell Raggett to go follow him and battle him throughout uh, the air. What? Right, I'm just pointing at the leg of the chair, mate, because it's in a very precarious position. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not editing this out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to hear a big crack and a fud on the floor, mate. We'll have a belt <laughs> and a Viking on the floor by the end of the podcast. And, um, you know, if you think back to the first goal of that 4-1 defeat at Rotherham, Michael Smith floats to the back post, and Kieran Freeman just sort of looks at him like... I, I, I don't know what you want me to do here. I'm going to get my step out. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm meant, I'm meant to beat him one-on-one at the back post, so I'm just not going to try. Now, realistically, you've got three centre-backs up against one forward. You can afford Raggett to go and follow him all game and just tell the other two, two centre-backs to watch for any marauding runs. So, yeah, it's, it's a good point to point out, Jeff, because it's something we've actually suffered from more than the past few games. We've been neglecting that particular 
option all season. And, and it's not the first time it's cost us. But again, uh, that is the one negative because the rest of it, I, 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 weird, I loved yesterday. I absolutely it loved it. it. You know, despite the result, you know, when Brannigan scored that equaliser, I actually stood there and applauded it because it, I thought it was that good. The angle I was, I was stood, stood at. You know, I was right behind in line with Brannigan when when he curled that in, and as soon as he hit it, we were like, "That's in." You know, and I got a few odd looks from, <coughs> few odd looks from Pompey fans because I stood there, stood there applauding. But you know, I applauded it as well. Um, but uh, the li- the uh, the line of sight we had for that goal, yeah. it was a really aesthetically pleasing goal. I've got to apologise yeah. for giggling because ever since Jeff's told me about that chair lag, I can't look at Ryan because if that <laughs> I, chair goes, I'm, I'm just going to stand up. If that <laughs> chair goes, I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> but we're definitely not editing this out. Ryan's just changing the chair over because honestly, that would have been that. I, I, you know, I couldn't look at him because if it goes, I will just cry with laughter. Right, right are we good now? Um, yeah, I mean, like I'm saying to you, I've said at the start, obviously, we were beaten by a couple of quality goals uh, yesterday, Saturday. But really, you know, in, in context, we're more than matched Oxford, didn't we? We did. We, you know, and someone uh, someone came up to me uh, during half time and we were just chatting away and said, how, how would you change this? And I was like, it's a tough one because even up until Morel being sent off, Oxford play a totally different way of playing a wing-back system. Their wing-backs are high. They're, they're, it's pretty much a, a front five rather than a, a two or one or and, and wing-backs sitting deep. And I just felt that we, even up until Morel went off, we were just inviting Williams and Seddon onto us. And they play, they play this, the same formation but in a totally different way. And it was quite interesting in the warm-ups. Nicky Cowley and Clark Robinson, and I've forgotten who else it was, were throwing the balls up into the air to our back five in the formation and they were just heading it and clearing it and everything else and you look down the other end of the pitch I don't know if you saw this Ryan but the ball was being passed back by a forward the, the, the three centre arse were controlling it bringing it down they were pinging it out to their wing backs the wing backs were pinging it into the central midfield player midfield player would pass it back to the, one of the centre arse centre arse would knock it left or right and you're just like okay for as much as I dislike Carl Robinson, his footballing philosophy is actually quite good, and it, and it, I just it was just quite interesting to to see how they were, they were warming up yesterday, and that then obviously transferred onto the pitch uh, when the when the game kicked off. Now we got caught out with with the ball that came over. I actually don't think when you know this is about the Morel incident when Morel put his foot up. I think Brannigan came in on the blind side of him. Yeah, you see Morel look, look, look over, um, but he's put his foot up, and then Brannigan's put his head down and headed Morel's foot rather than Morel's foot going yeah. into his head. That was a poor decision. For me, I don't know what your angle was. For me, where I was, that wasn't... that. I've, it's potentially not even a yellow. I've watched it back, and you watch what Cowley said after the <laughs> game. He's absolutely spot on. The referee cannot see that. No. And, and, I and know so, he's obviously... So, he's been poorly advised, hasn't he? So here's the other bugbear. All the Pompey players... I know what you're going to say. All the Pompey players went over to the dugout to get a technical brief, tactical brief off, off the Cowleys. Nothing wrong with that. But that left every single Oxford player for the five minutes that guy was on the floor to get in his ear. Get in his ear. That's a red. That's a red. That's a red. You look over. The linesman, who had a clear view of that, didn't even flag for a foul. Never even flagged for a foul. The linesman on the far side is talking to the to the referee because he's got his finger in his ear, and you, and you can see him talking. In those five minutes, as a qualified ref, if you're going to give a red card, you give it and you give it early. You don't wait five, six, seven minutes, and that element of doubt comes in. One, the ref never saw that clearly. The linesman on the far side definitely didn't see that. The linesman on the near side never even raised his flag. And 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 we've been done. We've been done by the Oxford players getting in the referees. And they even admitted after it was not a red. The players have come out and said it was not a red. It, yeah. So it's just it's game management. That's what they will tell us. It's game management. I mean, you see it every week, but it's when it goes against you, it's it's horrible. And I think I think even 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 you know all the players, if if they're truthful, they will they will come out. Obviously, they, some of the Oxford players have said that is, but they went back. The referee was still unsure 
because he's then brought him back. Why? Why wait seven minutes? Yeah. It's a wrong decision. Well, I mean, to sums up the referees afternoon, eleven yellow cards in one game. Yeah, I mean that and is. Look, look, come on, you know, he missed quite a lot as well. Seddon fouled Freeman, I think, on thirty minutes. He was on the yellow. Five minutes. Was he on the yellow? No, he was. He wasn't booked for that challenge. Right. And then he was booked in the second half, and then Curtis has got into his head. Curtis was Curtis was doing that typical "I'm going to wind you up" kind of thing, and there was a, there was incident where. The ball's coming in. Curtis has got his back to Seddon. Seddon is literally ripping the shirt off Curtis's back and has pulled Curtis to the floor. He didn't even get spoken to. The linesman bottled it. Mm. The referee, the referee thought about it, and that was meant to be a, that should have been the second yellow, but he should have had a yellow in the first half as well. Yeah. So, so you know, Robinson's obviously re- realised that, and that's why Seddon got subs because he knew he knew he would be off within the next five minutes mm. there you go I, I mean I did I know this is probably irrelevant but I looked up the referee uh, his sort of uh, stats in the last season and before I think he's done a hundred and s- no he's done 26 games and he's given out 111 cards <laughs> that doesn't surprise me that does well, but not when surprise you break me that, when you break that it's down over four cards a game but but look at the game some of them are like eight or nine a game it's, that's poor, isn't it? It's inconsistent. If you're dishing out eight, nine... 26 ele- games! A referee <laughs> is meant to maintain order, not fuel chaos. They're not meant yeah. to be the centre of attention. They're not there to ensure that the game is fun to watch, and they're not there to be the centre of attention. Really, they're there to be a quiet overseer. If you and this referee was anything but. If you look to your left, there's guys playing playing cards. There's more There's more cards on the picture so than there was on the table. <laughs> Terrible. Nice. 11. 11 yellow cards and one red. Shocking. In in a very roundabout way, I'm glad Morel got sent off. I lo- I've seen a few people say this, so go on, elaborate. It helped us discover or find something that we've been lacking. Our balls. Our balls. Appropriate with a pool game going on behind us. And other things <laughs> that we won't get into because uh, I don't want to mud Liam. <laughs> anyway, I was glad Morel got sent off because it helped us puff our chests out a bit. Now, I've been saying this for ages. You've got to be present in football games. You've got to be present from the first whistle to the last whistle. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be technically brilliant. But what you have to do is through every single minute of the game, show an, show an endeavour show a fighting spirit show an individual design a collective will to remain in the game searching for a way to some form of success in that game uh, there's been comments this week from various people at the club that I don't like one of them was from Cowley midweek saying people want success and they want it today that's, that's just not true no one's asking for success today no one's asking to get promoted this season no, we're not asking for the world we just want to see a team and we want to see how the club tries to manoeuvre itself into a position where it can prepare for success in the future all we want right now is to see the foundation of what we're building to go into next season both as a club on the field and off the field I haven't seen that in 2022 so far you don't impress me by playing well for half an hour in a football game that's 90 minutes long sorry that's just not the way it works Yesterday was my favourite showing of the season, and I know people immediately come back and say, oh, "What about Wigan? Uh, what about Wickham, Lincoln, Gillingham? All of those games happened in my uh, month-long hiatus from Pompey. You know, when I took some time off to, to clear my head after uh, <laughs> things and stuff happened. That's what happened. So, in ter- you know, that month-long hiatus. Yes, though, was my favourite showing because so many games I've been to whether it was in the press box, whether it's in the stands as a fan, a feeling of apathy and inevitable shrugging of the shoulders has permeated every single game I've been at this season, apart from yesterday. Yesterday, I saw backs against the wall, Pompey fighting through every single form of adversity. And I always, you know, between the whistles, I back this team to the hill. I know I'm outspoken afterwards and beforehand on the podcast, but between the whistles... You have been until the very last minute. And even at the full time, I'll still clap the manager, I'll still clap the players. But yesterday, I was genuinely proud of that team as they walked off the field. I, I left the Kassam gutted that we'd lost that game. 
But I walked out having seen a Pompey that I could actually believe in. And Pompey I could actually get behind. So yesterday, we lost 3-2, but that was my favourite Pompey showing of the entire season. Everyone out there earned their keep. They may have made mistakes during the game, but they they made conscious decisions to try and make up for it. Hayden Carter and George Hurst are great examples. Hayden Carter makes a costly error five minutes in by getting fainted out by the, the, the laziest duke from Luke McNally ever and still falls for it and gets an unmarked header six yards out. But Hayden Carter, for the rest of the game, didn't give a single yard to any of totally the Oxford agree. players run at him. George Hurst missed a great chance towards the end of the first half which is a great chance in 11 versus 11 scenario. In an 11 versus 10 scenario, you cannot miss you cannot miss that. But in the second half, he made conscious efforts to make up for that mistake and actually he played an important part in Curtis's goal. He held up the ball long enough for reinforcements to arrive and that's what I loved about this Pompey team. Whereas the goal's gone in previously, they've let their shoulders go down. They disappear for half an hour, 40 minutes. That's too long in a game. But I saw immediately they, they put the mistakes behind them and they go, right, we get back at it. When Oxford equalised, when it when Oxford equalised, we didn't shrug our shoulders. We still defended stoutly. We still held the the average location of our back line well. And it's taken another unbelievable effort to beat us. But I saw a Pompey team that didn't give up. That gave that gave me hope for something. That gave me belief in something. I refuse there, there were loads of Pompey fans criticizing. Uh, yesterday, I refuse to criticise that team. That was one of the few times this season I've actually been proud of the on-field showing from first to last whistle. And they deserved... Oh, this is one of the few occasions they deserved more than they got. Yeah, so for me yesterday, and we mentioned it again yesterday, um, it was about that that corner we had with five, six minutes to go. I just thought it was You've really... You've got to put that in. Uh, one last crack to. at it. You've got you to know, put it you in. You've got Carter up there, you've got Hurst in there. You've got you've got um, Robertson in there, Ogilvy in there. They're all in there. You've got to, you've got to put that ball into the mix. You've got the opportunity there to to nick a winner and then then defend de- defend for the last four or five minutes. It was really poor game management by Tunnicliffe and 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 um, Curtis. Maybe they didn't un- realise how long was left on the clock. But Raggett was having a right... When that third goal went in for Oxford, Raggett was having a right go at Curtis, telling him about putting it in, putting it in, those corners in. And, you know, tired minds make tired decisions. But we cannot fault the effort that Curtis and, and, and the rest of the 10, uh, 9 out there, including Curtis, put in, put in for that game yesterday. Yeah. Um, obviously, we do this every week. We have a couple of fans joining us every now and then. Uh, but we've had... Uh, Someone come all the way down from Fairham for this one. And uh, Brendan, who you might have heard on our Twitter spaces, has joined us. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good evening, lads. How are we? I'm yeah. very good. Hello, mate. You good? Thanks for joining good. us. Four microphones. How technical uh, are we, oh, though? We're getting there. <laughs> See? Look. Next, we'll be interviewing big names. Hey. Right. Uh, Brendan, what did you think of yesterday? And obviously, the week in general. Well, I'll carry on with you guys. I'll start off with, um, with Charlton, really. Um, as we've said, um, we started off... Um, really well actually as you said we did really well and we had a few chances that maybe we should have put away I think Morel put a nice ball in behind for um, Hurst who swung a leg at it and he just just couldn't get to it um, and then they hit us with the, the offside offside goal which is a bit of a sucker punch and the players heads drop um, which we have done <laughs> recently we go 1-0 down and, and heads go um, I went down and, and saw Tom at half time and gave my spill and I said said to him look boys we, we don't I don't mind today if we lose 2-3-4-0 but we I want to see a performance out there I want to see players running and you know playing for the shirt as you know any of us if we had the chance and the physique to do it we, we'd run our socks off what are you off. trying to say maybe, well. maybe 20 years ago yes he been on here two minutes he's mugging us off already boys <laughs> but yeah, but yeah we'd, we'd run our cut socks his off mic. And cut his mic <laughs> why do you think there's a reason I sit down and talk about the games rather than play them <laughs> <laughs> go on mate go but yes but, but we would we, we run and we give everything for this for this shirt and, um, and we want to see that from the players you know and, and we've said it I think um Ronan Curtis why he was on the bench it, it surpasses me because he is that player who will give you 90 minutes and more and and Jacobs with his creativity and I was like at half time we need to make a triple sub get Curtis on get Jacobs on get Thompson on and and go for it 
and if, if we concede three more, as long as the players are putting the effort in, I'm not fussed. Then on, on to Saturday as well. Um, to a man, those players um, earned the respect of the fans and what the fans wanted. Maybe this is the spearhead to have a good fin- finish to the season, hopefully. Hopefully. I think... Uh, it's that symbiotic state, Ryan, isn't it? it, it yeah. It, I think that the most telling aspect of yesterday is that Pompey have just gone from 2-1 up to losing 3-2 in the 96th minute. And the first reaction of the 1,700 fans at the game was keep singing. Hmm. Chairs weren't getting snapped. Obscenities weren't being screamed. The the travelling fans that had manned the walls all game with the players, they kept singing. That's what you... That's what you get with this Pompey lot. We don't, we don't ask for everything right now. We just want everything thrown at the cause. We want to see a clear outline of what you're about. You'll, you will get our love, our admiration, and everything that comes with that. And for myself as well, I, again, the Cowleys came over, the players came over. I had no choice but to applaud them. I couldn't do anything else. I, again, I don't boo them anyway at games, but that... That felt especially poignant for me as a Pompey fan mm. because it's been a long time since I've seen us lose and I've genuinely stood there and, and felt bad for them. And yeah. Brent, Brendan's talking there about playing for the shirt. Uh, now, you may have seen Joe Morrell's tweet, Jeff. Uh, he came out and apologised for, for the sending off. Didn't agree with it, obviously. I mean, he didn't have to put that out there, but I've seen people saying to him... I saw one person, I had a bit of an argument. He said, you need to calm down a bit. I'm like... No, I think I think the f- I think if if Not, you look no. introspectively, that is an that is a perfect example of playing for the shirt. Yeah, I think if you look introspectively, it is a clumsy foot to throw up. Like it's it's not the most coordinated of challenges. That, it wasn't a straight leg. We can all it wasn't, it wasn't a straight, straight leg. It but a straight leg, it's still it? a weird leg to dangle up there. I think we can all be honest about that. Let's bring but in our, it's still um, not our, a our red expert, card. Brendan. Was it a red card for you? No, far from it. You know, I think <laughs> seeing it even from even from Monday night, um, he was pushing and he's like scrappy dudes yeah. squaring up to everybody and he's like come on let's have it <laughs> I like that <laughs> I do I've been calling for that Michael Doyle type player for a long yeah, time and, and, and that's two, what we want we want, now. we want passion we but want it, players this to is what I said last time night to calm down okay <laughs> it's a little bit of a clumsy leg but the referee when, 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 when you're a referee and you brandish a red card what you're telling that player is what you've just done is so dangerous so disgusting I'm removing you from the field of play immediately you're also missing the next three games Joe Morrell including the minutes he missed yesterday misses 343 minutes of professional football for what was at best a clumsy leg that didn't hit Brannigan in the head he had every right to go 343 minutes of Shocking, football it's it? absolutely Shocking. disgraceful and it won't get overturned of course it won't it's, it's, just, it's, it's not good enough no. but again he comes out he takes accountability for it anyway you respect that he does that I like that his father I think it's Dave Morell on Twitter yeah. he came out and referees are clowns on Twitter uh-huh. I enjoy it when family members yeah. get involved like Marie, Marie Curtis, Curtis. We love Marie, don't I, we? I had a lovely chat with Marie in the in the Bowlplex bar yesterday actually she's a lovely woman yeah. Let's um, get her on. She'll come on. If we, but we, baked yeah. a lovely banana bread for us actually a few months yeah. ago that uh, me and my lady enjoyed. Yeah, she's. But a- yeah, quite right that we don't ask. We we actually don't ask for much as Pompey fans. I know there's a minor sect that say spend the billions and whatnot, mm. but actually a lot of us just want to see what we're about because we, we have looked, that, we have looked nebulous. As do you remember a side what I used to say and, on, and on the radio all the time, Ryan? What was the the two words that I used to use all the time that I want to see for my team I didn't really listen to you I didn't listen to you either <laughs> prick um, <laughs> grit and determination I want to see that that's yes. three words <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll go away. You know Liam's what I mean. eyes went You could see. No, was, yeah, I, and oh yeah, I want to see and. But you know what? You know what I'm saying. I, I want to see right, three words: grit and determination. And we see that. We see that from Joe Morrell and people telling him to calm I, down. I, t- I tell you, we all saw we saw that from yesterday as well. Who's Michael that? Jacobs. Wow. Well. He's dispelled the myth that he is not fit to play ninety minutes. No. Look he what happens when the, you start him. He done the, he done the work of two people yesterday. He not only put in a defensive shift, but he was an offensive threat all the way through. Yes, he scored a, you know a good team goal set up by Freeman in the first half, 
Um, but he was a constant fawn in Oxford side yesterday. Yeah, we, we've called this though. Haven't we? I don't know why we don't just go for the Sunderland job, boys. What do you reckon? Oh. Uh, what I want to know is We're what on earth happened to Michael Jacobs around about November, December time. Because when he had his chances in the in the cup games against Sutton, against Barrow, uh, Harrow, sorry, he came on and he was absolutely atrocious. Harrowing. He, uh, harrowing, indeed. He, the, especially the Sutton game. Well, that, was, you know, where that, that was his first major 90 minutes. And throughout all of it, he looked lost, shipwrecked, not bothered. It genuinely looked like he was just waiting the days down for yeah, his contract just to go. Say, and then within a couple of weeks, yeah. he gets a couple of cameos in the league, and yeah. all of a sudden, there is an entirely new lease of life. That it is the most mysterious thing you, I've seen. Do you think that can, affect it, that can affect a player's game contracts? You're not knowing it, where you, it, you, it, you know. It can do. Let's give an example. He's fighting for. Let's give you an example. However, however I'll, I'll throw this out. This, this My example's good. I'll this, get it out there. <laughs> this, this this will be a contentious contentious idea. Do you think Michael Jacobs is paying for a new Pompey contract, but on reduced terms? He has said publicly he loves it down here. He said he likes playing for the team. He likes the area. Do you think Michael Jacobs would would take a reduced contract to stay here for a one two year contract? Oh, I don't know if anyone would, would they? I think with his relative age, because he's now pushing the other side of 30, and his injury Williams history, is 35. Uh, and his, yeah, we'll see on Williams if he has a future. That, that sounds like a really nasty injury. But with Jacobs, he's pushing the other side of 30. This club mentioned a couple of years ago about giving players their last major, their last major contracts. But with Jacobs, relatively, he probably wants to stay at one club to see if he can reignite an actual consistent base of playing games again he's probably got a better chance of doing that down here if he can make an impression which he is doing right now if it is to be tabled a contract with uh, reduced terms and what he's currently on right now I would take it we don't have that many two-footed players in our side because if Jacobs is standing in the middle of the pitch he has instant access to both flanks he doesn't have to contort his body either way you can go left foot right foot left flank right flank that's quite a quality to have in this division. So if Jacobs can play a consistent amount of games, prove that across a stretch he can play those you know, back-to-back 90 minutes or at least 75 minutes, I, I would table a contract for him. Can because I, the Michael Jacobs we're seeing now is totally different from the one four or five months ago. Can I give my example now of players changing in form and effort when it comes to contracts? End of last season... They down tools. Exactly. We've said that. They down tools. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not. Andy Cannon, without ex- saying it exactly, essentially admitted it. Well, I believe know. it was his karma comes to, karma comes knocking comments. Um, I think we, uh, was this a meat raffle? A meat. Oh, should we stop the podcast? Or should we? <laughs> <laughs> any any, any <laughs> change, boys? No, we're not. We're not. We're not cutting this out. Anyone up for the meat raffle? <laughs> Where's the second? meat raffle? No. Is anyone oh. around at nine? Nah. I'll, I'll have to be gone by then because I'll have to get back home to the lady and, and my child. But is anyone around for the meat raffle? No, I th- uh, thank you. I think oh, we're no, good. Thank but you. Thank you anyway. But we're definitely not cutting that out. That's staying in there. Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, meat raffles is, is meat raffle on a Sunday is as pub as it gets. This is what Look, we're people, about. People, exactly. We've got a pool game going on. We've got cards. We've got we've meat got raffles. FA Cup on the TV. This is raw. We're actually, Do you reckon we can apply some kind of grainy sound filter to this and pretend we're doing this from like 1983? <laughs> <laughs> well, we need that a lot. We've had pr- we've had pretty much. We've had a heckler. We're not far we've, away from Mark had, Hately signing for Pompey. Yeah, <laughs> we've had a heckler. We've had a he- we've had a hand dryer go off. We've, <laughs> we've had a pool game going. All we need now is a fight. <laughs> we really are in a pub. Let's not wish on that though, please. Um, but yeah, let's bring Brendan in again. Um, obviously, you've heard what we were talking about. Rivergast to Jacobs and and it, from a from, right, take take yourself out of our podcast. You're a Pompey fan. What's your perspective on Jacob's form and how he's all of a sudden turned? Well, it's amazing, really. I think Crackers has done fantastic since he's come back into the side and he's um, played really, really well and put some stellar performances. Get, got a few goals as well and got more goals and played less time than some other players in our team, which is quite incredible, really. But seeing him in those um, Papa John Trophy matches earlier on in the season, maybe he wasn't playing with the... 
I don't know, down talk our players, but maybe the, the lack of quality that maybe that he wanted to play with. Players like Gassana had me. He didn't light up in those Papadons Trophy matches in, with a sort of lesser opposition. Doing as well. well at Burton, by the way. He, visit, yeah. he visits Fratton on Tuesday. He scored at Fratton on Tuesday, <laughs> wasn't he? Him and Bryn Morris. Oh, God. Bryn Morris has gone to Hartlepool. He's at Hartlepool, He's gone to you now. Oh, my apologies. You know he'd score if he played Which is absolutely heartbreaking that Bryn Morris was playing at Selhurst Park on Saturday against Crystal Palace. He somehow leapfrogged us. <laughs> but no, you, you obviously you, I assume you're welcome. The form we're seeing him in. I've eaten a bit of ice. Sorry, long may it continue, Brendan. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Because even last season when um he was sort of in and out of the team through injury and stuff, but whenever he played, Pompey played well, and maybe Pompey won most of the time. And um, it's continuing to show that he's he's making a big difference when he does play because even looking the other night when it, him and Curtis come on I saw them chomping at the bit warming up in front of me and like they want to get on they want to get on yeah. and then when they do get on they, they give us what we want as Pompey fans for example like back in the day when Benjani was playing for us in his first season when we, when we brought him in the January he didn't score until his what, second ten, to last game of the season ten yeah. games in wasn't it And but he would run and run and run and the fa- then the fans fell in love with him yeah and, and it happens with Pompey players. Well, we'll see. Does Jacobs have a future at Fratton? I hope so. Like, I, I'm, I'm on the same boat with Brandon, Brendan was saying about, obviously, the Papa John's games. I, would, I, I said, don't start him again. Don't play him again because just didn't seem interested. In my, I'm, I'm, I might be being too harsh there. Might not have been match fit. I don't know. But from what I saw of him then, didn't offer well, enough for me. But now I'll take, I'll take, take that back completely. We, we, start him every week. Start Jacobs. Well, it's not taking it back. It, you, you have seen a new Michael Jacobs exactly, emerge. Yeah, I've been proved wrong. Yeah. He is definitely on the comeback trail. Yeah. We, said, we said last week and the week before, start Michael Jacobs and in the first 35 minutes, it will either score a goal or set one up. <laughs> he did both yesterday. If it wasn't for George Hurst missing Miss, the first he would, half, yeah. he would have had it done in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, right, let's look ahead then. Um, Tuesday, we were just talking about it then. Burton, the return of Gasana Hadmi, uh, who uh, look, I'm not taking the mick. He hasn't really done a lot at Burton. He's played, I think, six games. Yeah, not nothing yet. Um, but yeah, obviously we see Burton come to Fratton on Tuesday. What? Uh, how are you feeling on that one, Jeff? I think if we can take the the spirit of yesterday into Tuesday's game, I can see us winning two, uh, under the maybe three. Lines. Yeah, I, I I really do, but I I don't want any anything less than a half-hearted performance. I don't want the excuses of we gave our all on Saturday, therefore we were tired on Tuesday. You know, I don't want to hear that. We we all know they they've they've worked their socks off yesterday. Um, I just want them to go into Tuesday's game going, that is our benchmark. The Cowleys promised us fast attacking, pressing football. And actually, yeah, I think yesterday, we, we saw the energy levels are there. So now they've got to go out and deliver that. You know, we, we've seen it too infrequent, that, that fast attacking, high press. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we'll win. Before I forget, Jeff, I know you asked um, for the recording. Your prediction when we were talking yeah. about the ne- yeah, let's mention that because we haven't. So, so when we done the Zoom cast, just Ryan and I, um, I started off by saying, you know, seven points and nine points would be an absolute outstanding effort. But realistically, five points out of those five games, we end up with one. We ended up with one point. I don't know why I asked him that, because and, and it just made me but, feel but like shit again. I, conversely, <laughs> out the next five games, I can see us getting round about 10 to 12 Burton, points. Burton, Doncaster, Crewe, Shrewsbury, Fleetwood. I, I would expect 10 to 12 points out the next five games. Between now and the end of the season, I can only ever see us winning a maximum of seven games. That's not enough to get into the playoff mix. You've got to hope that the team's in six down to down to tenth all have a poor run of form over the next five to seven games it's not going to happen we can close the gap we can close the gap but we've got to make a 12 point gap and then some and then get ahead of that those 12 points i i, I just think it's too long of order yeah um and obviously before we do our next episode ryan we would have played doncaster i mean before yesterday you'd be saying oh it's a perfect time to play doncaster and then they go and put two past Sunderland. In front of a 40,000-plus crowd because of the return of Jermaine Defoe. Injected in tears, uh, Cringeworthily dubbed 
The Last Dance. <laughs> now, Jermaine Defoe was a good footballer. Is a good footballer because he's still playing the game. But The Last Dance is obviously a reference to the Netflix documentary about the three-peat repeat NBA GOAT Michael Jordan. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we comparing these two? This is absolutely terrible from yeah, Sunderland. Three foot in height difference in there as well. <laughs> so I'm glad they lost because it, it needed Episode shutting one. down. Episode one on the new documentary and that happens. Brilliant. <laughs> absolutely brilliant yeah, stuff. I'll so be yeah, watching that. But at some point, you, you get to this point in the season where every relegation threatened side enters its last chance saloon. And every side picks up a little bit of a run. What the telling difference is, is how long that run lasts for. That run could last two games. It could last three games. And in the end, you still end up going down by 10, 15 points. For some sides, they claw their way out. We're now playing two sides coming up where we're about to see how long those runs last. Crew need one. Doncaster need one. We also get to play... annually tepid Shrewsbury side Shrewsbury I'm fairly certain are the most generic football team in existence what you do is you oh oh <laughs> we're watching the we're watching the Bournemouth Wood game live and I've just seen two absolutely spectacular saves from the Wood goalkeeper before uh, at the third attempt the ball went in and it was just I've just got flashbacks side. to Ryan's commentary at the, Wigan the, away honestly Liam watch this this is absolutely fantastic first shot comes in pushes onto the bar point blank header pushes onto the post and it's offside in the end yeah anyway carrying on (laughs) we're about to see the extent of these runs that Doncaster and crew go on Shrewsbury every single year they're the third tier side that sits in the the middle of the bottom half doing absolutely nothing not conceding many goals not scoring many goals they are probably one of the most boring sides in football because that is their template every single year I said this when we played them in August that's what they'll be they'll be the side that finishes 17th and you know concedes the fewest goals in the bottom half but is also one of the lowest scorers in the league that is their genetic makeup you talk about Portsmouth uh, yeah, weirdly, weirdly enough, we're, we're a South Coast Shrewsbury, as it seems. Bottom of the form table, boys. Uh, exactly. Yeah, we are in terms of the 2022 table as it stands. We're actually bottom of that. So uh, hip, hip, hooray, and all that. Don't worry, we're super pompy and we're staying up. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously we play a Lincoln side, which, which I'm really disappointed with their season because they made to the uh, the playoff final last year. This is our last chance saloon as well, really, as, as Jeff rightly points out. If we want to do anything this season, I don't believe we will. But we start off with the Burton side on Tuesday that is... The term workhorse applies to that team. In that game at the Pirelli in September, they were absolutely relentless. They bullied us off that small pitch in that small stadium at the Pirelli. They fully deserved their victory. And it probably should have been more as well. Apart from Hackett's free kick attempt, 2-1 was quite a generous scoreline. Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank sides... uh, they don't give any, anything away for free. You've got to put in everything to get something past them. We're now going to that game with two midfielders. It's not a good look for us going into that one. We're going to need another spirited display like we had at Oxford. Then begins that four-game stretch of sides way down there. Pompey, if you're going to do it, it has to be now. You're running out of time, really. 14 points off the playoffs. Yeah. It has to be now. Again, I don't think it will be, which probably brings me on to... Okay. Just, yeah, go, go on, come. If the season's over and we've got 18 games to go, what do you want to see us do for the rest of the season? What are you focusing on us? If we're looking to next season, what do you want to see? Do you want to see how a certain player develops? Do you want to see the system we try and build the team around next year? Do you want to see which players... Really, with 18 games to go in a dead season, what is your focus? Uh, a, as a fan, and B, what you think the team should do. For me, you just start looking at which players you genuinely believe have a future here. And I would say, in every few games or so, you change the focus of the player for that game. So, right, in game against whomever, we want to target Denver Hume. We want to see if if he can be the focal point for 90 minutes and what happens. Right, we'll switch that up to Jacobs. Try the same system, but you, you do a deep dive on different players to see if they're worth building around or they're worth being part of the future. Because I don't see what else there is to play for this season. Yeah. I mean, 
brings me back to quickly to a, to a sort of an argument I had on. I'm having arguments all the time on Twitter. You, you need to calm down, mate. I know. I'm a rowdy. Yeah, I'm a bit of, Joe Morrell's rubbed off on me. Have you just tuned you in? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we had a similar story from you earlier. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, uh, we, well, I was talking on on social media about I, I, I hate to bring this up about this being a so-called transition season, and I said that Cowley needs a good summer because we can't keep using that excuse now that this isn't his team because it is eight out of the eleven players that played yesterday are Cowley's players that he signed. I'm going to bring you in here, Brendan. Five of the seven on the seven on the bench were, were Cowley signing. So when do you stop using that excuse that this is a transition season? Well, because technically it is a transition it season. Is. That's what, that's, but no, but, but this, this, someone was trying to say to me that this it, it isn't this season. It'll be next. No, well, yeah, because <laughs> well, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're transition. Danny Cowley said, "Judge him on three windows." He's had two windows now. Yeah, so he's got and, to have a good summer, hasn't he? And he has. You know, I put out a yes after summer transfer windows of all summer transfer windows. So going back to Ryan's point, what do we want from the team in the season? This season, we want to see a team that that have ha- will come through adversity and still challenge and put the effort in because that would attract the, the players because players chopping down for the championship will not come to an average league one side and go, do you know what, you, you don't put the effort in, that's not the standard I'm, I'm used to playing, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you want that Pompey team to put a performance in to get better players in the summer transfer window. What, what, what are your views on it? Like, obviously, wow. Going back to what I was saying earlier. Well, I think this year, even at the start of the year, we all said, well, the vast majority of fans all said, um, we're still quite low on on players and maybe lack of, well, we didn't know there were lack of quality because of, we all thought thought Kenny's lot was rubbish. This time last year, (laughs) everyone was saying, get rid of Kenny's lot, you know. But now, like, people are saying, oh, Marquis has scored in the last three games. So, yeah, but he's lost all his last three games. He might have scored, but they've still lost their match. He ain't scored enough goals for them. <laughs> Don't talk sense, Brendan. That, <laughs> that sounds really like a John Yems interview I watched earlier today. They they bottled a 2-0 lead at Stevenage, and the, yeah. the media guy went, oh, positive is the striker scored two goals. He went, do you think he's bloody happy about that? He scored two goals, and his team's bottled a 2-0 lead. Go and ask him if he's happy about that. That's not a positive. Exactly. And it's true, though. You, you've got to take the result overall as, as opposed to the individuals. Of course. And um, so we all know we're going with a young squad this year, well, a fairly young squad compared to the, the Kenny's sort of bit, few veterans he had in the side. Yeah. Um, and... I take it as it is. I think we are where we are this season. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to sing out my 90 minutes. There's people on Twitter saying that they're going to boycott. Fine, don't come. I don't want you there. If you're going to be a boo boy, or you're the, or you're the moo army, I don't want you there. Yeah. Just, there's too much of it. People saying that they don't want it. But no, it, wait out the rest of the season as it is. Let Danny have a good, a, a decent summer. Get the players in early. Tap, start tapping up Romeo now at Millwall. Wow, his contract's up. If we want to keep him, tap him up. Cost him money in. in it. Question for you, and, I, and this is opening the can of worms here. I'm not cutting this out. Um, as a fan, if we don't have a blinded summer, and I'm not talking loan players left, right, and centre, spend some money, get some decent players in, go for it. Are you going to start questioning the people above? As a fan, that's. A, I think that's a fairly. No, not for me. No, no, because because I I because yeah, because they always said they're not going to throw money at it. That's no. what they said. They always said they're not going to throw money at it. And we're going to be in the championship for a year. Then we get spanked every week. Then we're back down again. That that that's not but how they, they go, planned it. For going us. back to obviously we we want players to to play for the shirt. But when we yeah. when we're signing players that are just not up to it, that's when where's the balance yeah it's I'll, true yeah. you see what I'm saying it, it, it's I'll, re- I'll rephrase Liam's question <laughs> to uh, potentially one that has a clearer answer to it this summer is where the wage budget frees up by and large uh, we've mm. known this co- considering Cullen's comments at the TGFC the amount of plays we've got off the books in January going into the 23rd game of the season next season halfway through what benchmark for you is the absolute minimum? Top half of the playoffs, so fourth, fourth and above. So a- anything below that, and you, you, I won't what, be screaming at the top of my voice. What, what would you the be? Mouse out. What would your feelings, you know, were, towards the player group and the manager, for example, be? I'll, I'll rephrase. It. Okay, I'll say playoffs and up, yeah. and I'll be 
but then to do that we need investment yeah we will and I think <laughs> this is what I'm saying yeah and I th- well, what was it Cowley said he, 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 gave, he offered um, it was it Rotherham so much money for that wing fella but the bloke was like the manager was like well that's not enough for me now I, I, I can't do anything I with loved, it I loved Paul Warren for saying that yeah because he came out and said two to three hundred grand for me on the last day of the transfer window is no good what do you want me to do with that and for me it's emblematic of why I hate uh, the idea that uh, the the good values they're late in the window because what that tells me is if Paul Bourne's comment tells me if we'd have offered two to three hundred grand for Jamie Lindsay in the third second third week of the window pretty much any other time in January apart from the last day we'd have probably got him for that yeah but as he rightly points out you're buying him from my club you have to make it worth my time worth my while you didn't and for me that shows us that that money is there to be used you'd hope so for me, I, I'm not. I'm not one of these um, anti anti owner. <laughs> no. just, it's just a question because I'm I'm, go, I'm going off of um, off of comments made by the manager. Give me three windows to, to do what? So yeah. if he's not if we don't have a good window, he's not being backed. We need to start asking questions. Oh yeah, that's just, that's why I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy oh, theorist. No, no. I'm not one of the. I stand by that, and, and I believe that that, um, that Danny and Nicky will get that get that money, and they'll well, get and, and they'll get the chance. If they don't, to, or if they if they don't, I'm but, thinking, yeah, yeah. It, it won't be good. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could just see it being a bit hostile. That's all. Yeah, and I hope it isn't. I hope it's a bloody but, good window. I hope it's on Ben Thompson. Oh shit! I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that tweet from the Gillingham fan, by the way? He tweeted Ben Thompson's bloody brilliant. Well, we've been saying that for the last three bloody years. <laughs> we know. <laughs> but uh, along with that. I lost my train of thought now. Do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new, mate. <laughs> it's me. Ryan can talk for an hour. I, I, I forget what my name is yeah. sometimes. Um, but yeah, Ryan, uh, we're going to wrap up in a second. We've lost Jeff for a second. Um, but yeah, like moving on. Well, I believe we've got to get to dubbed in. Yeah. Shall we? Um, and do you know what they uh, are? First off, I, I, I'm, first off, before we get to dubbed in, a point of order on the podcast. For the last month, couple of months or so, uh, there's been a there's been a growing number of people who come on and either on the socials or to us in person saying that we're moaners, we're pessimists, we have an agenda against the club, we want the club to fail, da 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 In the last couple of weeks or so, it started getting to the point where we're actually, or at least myself, I've done about you and Jeff, I'm actually starting to get some personal abuse on that basis. Not like stuff that doesn't come for me in terms of my takes on Pompey, but me as an actual person, just because I I do this and I do this in such a way in which I consider to myself to be nothing more than honest. It doesn't get to me. I'm thick-skinned. I'm also a fat cunt, but, you know. <laughs> but I'm thick-skinned. I don't really get to me, but it's getting to the point now where I'm being personally abused just because I I do this podcast in such a way that I'm not afraid to hold people to account for for the, for the things they do in terms of their job, not because of who they are as a person, because they are two different things, and we steer away from the other side of that. We started to make it a bit of a meme, you know, the, huh, huh, you know what's your non-pessimist view of the game, a huh, huh. I think also we're going to drop that element as well because we're yeah. getting sick and tired of the meme. To be honest, we're getting sick and tired of the joke, and we're getting we're we're just getting a little bit sick and tired of people having a, a going at us just because we ask tough questions every now and then. We're not committing moral crimes. We're not being mean, nasty. We're not being you know hostile, spirited. We're just asking questions, valid questions. We're still Pompey fans, and I, I had some, I had some tweet midweek that that was really personal and, and really uh, mean spirited. I, I DM this guy, why, why are you coming to me like that? And he, he eventually backed down. So I just thought I'd put this to bed with um, with something that happened yesterday. Actually, I was, I was at the game. Pompey Carlo was stood behind me. And if you go on his Twitter, it's literally Pompey Carlo. He's one of the guys that that brings a lot of the clips from the games onto the socials, goals, etc. And I'm stood in front of him for, for both goals. And for goal number two, Kurtz's goal, you can see it absolutely go off. You can, Chaos, carnage everywhere. 
I would say to you now, any of you who've been coming at me for the last couple of months, calling me a, a pessimist, a moaner, saying I've got an agenda, saying I want this club to fail, go and watch that video. Go and watch that video because I'm going absolutely <laughs> mental. The other thing in that video is that you can actually see me which is to the point of I still pay my money to go. I'm still driving up and down the land to watch this team. If you seriously think that I want this team to fail and I've got an agenda against this club, go and watch that video and then by all means, fuck off. I'm sick of it. <laughs> wait, wait, drop your mic. <laughs> I'm sick of it now. For the, for the most <laughs> egregious crime of asking valid questions, I get all of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah. I, I, I do not put all of these... And I'm not, you know, ter I'm not saying I'm a great fan or a great person. I'm flawed in both. But uh, look at that video and tell me that I don't care. I'm, just, I, I'm sick of it now that people will come uh, in for us. For, you know, and when you, when you challenge people on this as well, because we have challenged, and we've not gone at them in a, in a nasty way. People have given... We put a tweet out midweek saying, look... We get a lot of positive feedback on the show, but we also now want to have ideas of what we can improve, what we can change to make it a better show for you, the listeners. And we actually had some brilliant comments. We had some ideas that we are really taking on board in terms of... We, we've already started doing it in terms of the Twitter Spaces thing. We've had some brilliant comments about what we can improve, and we're, we're going to endeavour towards that end. But we've also challenged people who've come at us with these slightly less civil comments and abusive comments and comments saying you're this that the other i've gone back and said okay I'll, I'll engage you on this why do you think we have this viewpoint why do you think we're against the club explain you know explain why we're get and they can't answer it they make their comments they have a crack at us but the moment we challenge them on it they fade into the distance and they shrug the shoulders go well it's just what you are isn't it well, no, it's not, it's not good enough. It, if, if you've got a viewpoint, you've got to back it up. Everything we say on this show, it may not be right, but we, we at least inform it with some kind of background. We at least try and support our claims. We ask you to do the same. And, and those of you who come at us, I've never heard one good reason as to why we're, we're supposedly this, that, or the other, and we want this club to fail. So again, to, to wrap this up, we're dropping the whole meme. And unless you come up with some good supporting reasoning as to why we are what you claim we are I, I'd drop it as well and again last, you know just to reiterate it one more time go find Pompey Carlo's video I'm hard to miss I'm the fat kid with a shit hairline <laughs> go and watch that video uh, and reevaluate yourself just jump, because jump I watched it. that video and watching me celebrate that goal I thought I'm I'm back. Mm. I've gone so many games as a Pompey fan with apathy about this team, but yeah. seeing myself celebrate that goal and seeing myself being around those fans, it was what I'd missed being in the press box for years. It was yeah. one of the few times since I've been back from you know the Express days where I genuinely felt I'm back where I belong, mm. and I loved every minute of it. Go and tell me I don't care. Yeah. I dare you. I dare you. Yeah. I thought we used to get a bit of abuse on, on the radio, which is obvious, you know, because... We we took yeah you know it was always always happened but yeah I don't think any you know any of us really deserve any any stick I mean you can disagree with what we say but yeah you know, don't don't be personal about it. there's no need you know if you, if you don't if you don't like what we say in the nicest possible way probably not worth listening you know it is what it is we we don't we don't get any money for this we don't this is not a job we're just passionate Pompey fans I got tears in my eyes uh, but yeah it, well said Brian it, it doesn't really affect me I was in the army for twenty two <laughs> yeah. years. You can imagine the shit I've yeah, been called. Yeah, you're pussy. It doesn't affect me on a personal level. I'm just... No, there's no need for some, some, some of the seeing it. Some of the stuff uh, people have said to you is, not is supported. It's not it backed is. up. No, it's, Keith, it's they wouldn't say it to your face, mate. So, you know, you're yeah. odd. But, um, you know, it, 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 it leads us on to that, the, um, the poll I put out. Yeah. Brendan, what do you think about... Sorry, do you think we're dickheads? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say well, to be fair, I went to school with Liam. I'm in the Armed Forces Supporters Club with Jeff, and I've met Ryan, I think he's a nice bloke. And he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he yeah, he speaks mate. a lot, but... He's at tenor, yeah. So I put a poll out saying, where do you realistically... <laughs> Boring would have won. Think, think we're, we're, we're going to finish. Now, 1,562 people voted. 4% uh, which equals 62 people think we're going to finish in the playoffs I can only assume they were meant to hit the finish 7th to 10th 40% um, of people 625 people uh, think we're going to finish 7th through to 10 
42%, which is 656 people, 11 through to 13, and then the rest seem to think we're going to finish 14 from below. That, if you take that as uh, those 1,500 or so as a, uh, a, a brief pinprick of the season ticket holders and the fans that go to Portsmouth, you times that by 10, that's, that's, that's not going to give you a far off prediction of where we said, was it? Cheers, Big Shack. That was quick, quick maths. I saw him working that out. That's what you thought. I was thinking, I was texting. No, Mocking me. There you go. It says, it says it all, though, doesn't it? Um, right. Uh, Dub and Din. Din of the week goes to the EFL officials uh, for yeah, obvious easy. reasons. <laughs> I think we can wrap that one up yep. straight away. Dub of the week, the EFL officials. Because <laughs> they are the kings of no consequences. <laughs> I would love to live a life where I could be absolutely terrible at everything I do and face none of the consequences. Whatever the the board that regulates officials in the EFL and the people who watch their games and judge them, they are life's biggest kings of no consequences. In football terms, they are the Tory government. (laughs) Teflon. They are Teflon. Nothing sticks to them. You can have an absolutely awful game that's fine you'll probably get promoted to the Premier League in a couple of weeks time so for being the kings and queens of no consequences I give you the EFL officials they can do no wrong in the eyes of their masters and that's a kind of shithousery and alpha you know alpha style personality that I can actually get behind so they get dub and din of the week for being that shit but for being that shit that it still doesn't cost them their job that's brilliant Brenda what were you going to say and there's one more shit ref joining them because Kevin Friend has been reduced down to the EFL for his officiating in that Liverpool versus Palace game giving that penalty to Jota do you know what I'm not watching anymore I remember that penalty yeah coming to Fratton Park near you (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Friend's coming back I could, oh, there's a couple I've got in my head, but that guy from Saturday goes up there with one. Was oh, it Ward, the other referee? Gavin Ward, I've oh oh, another Ward. little man I'd rather stop my toe and Kevin, uh, Trevor Kettle. Christ. Oh. Who's the little blonde fella who walks around who thinks he. Is that Ward? That is Gavin Ward, yeah. Gavin Ward, yeah. Every time I see him now, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to end in tears. Yeah. Uh, but lads, uh, I think we are pretty much there, aren't we? This is a, one of the longest episodes we've done, uh, which is quite strange, isn't it, really? There's not been a lot to moan about or shout about, but. Uh, been an exciting one Brandon thank you for, uh, for coming down mate thank you mate thank uh, you for having me guys welcome. yeah thank definitely you and if you are a Pompey fan listening out there if you're a listener of the podcast and you want to join in we do put where we are on Twitter a few days before so do come and join us like Brandon has done and cheers to the guys at the Artillery Arms for letting us host uh, Jeff where are we next week Shepherd's Crook we are um, yeah keep an eye on our socials because obviously if everything goes to plan we're not going to say what uh, but something uh, quite well significant for us anyway I sound like Kenny Jacket then for us anyway uh, similarly well, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to lose it's a good way to lose um, one on corners yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's significant for us anyway uh, are we getting how, to the summer football period f- <laughs> yeah uh, we're going to be talking about winter players uh, but yeah obviously we've been doing this for 13 episodes now and uh, we've made a bit of a, a breakthrough on, uh, on something which we will mention if all goes to plan in the week so keep an eye out for that so exciting times for us but Looking forward to Tuesday night, and uh, we will see you all for episode 14, Christ. Cheers. Done. Sports Social Podcast Network.